Well, we're recording this at 1 a.m. in the morning, and it was just your average, normal, extra inning game with the Astros in the playoffs and in the World Series where they scored 25 runs between the two teams and whatever, just your normal Astros 13-12 to 12 win. Robert Land hung with RG Seal. And- hey, had to have one more of those, right? Uh <laughs> What a great win. I mean, this was just an incredible game. I mean, one of the best you'll ever win. I thought game two of the World Series at Dodger Stadium when the Astros came back, that would be, uh, you know, instant classic, one of the best World Series. And then they come and have this game and and basically top it. I mean, it's just kind of unbelievable. It's really crazy. And, yeah, we're we're recording this at 1 a.m. in the morning, and people out in the streets of Houston are dancing because Alex Bregman came up with a key hit and – uh, drove in Derek Fisher, who was pinch running for Brian McCann. And yeah, now Houston is three to two. And with Justin Verlander going into game six, only has to win one of two. And Houston gets its first World Series title ever. I mean, this is crazy. And yeah, I mean, we could have been going into the Today Show on NBC in the morning the way this game was going. And instead, hey, the Astros ended it early at 1 a.m. Honestly, I was so exhausted by the time the end of this game came around. I mean, RG. You know, I, I said on Twitter, I said, look, you know, dear God, this city was underwater several, several feet of water um, just two months ago. We've gone through enough. And I, I put that up in about the uh, 10th inning. I said, give Astros fans this one, please. And don't forget, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, mean, I don't think anybody in Houston has forgotten. We, 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 we were basically watching this back and forth offensive slugfest for 10 hours today between the Texans and the Astros. It was just nuts. And I couldn't have dealt with as a Houston fan. I was just about ready to kill myself. If I had to watch the Texans lose the way they did. And then the Astros in back-to-back fashion. I mean, it was, it was so crazy and ridiculous. And there was to me when they, when they Bregman had the walk-off hit, it, there was just that, you know, oh God, thank goodness! I didn't jump up and down. I didn't cheer. Really, you weren't jumping up and down. I was jumping up and down just because I wanted to be able to, uh, like, just yell and scream and finally let it all. Because I was, I was pacing so much during this game, as everybody probably was. It was. I just couldn't. I could not believe, and probably you, I. You know, well, I could believe it because it's the Astros bullpen. But really, when Davinsky was in there in the ninth and. You know, all, I just figured, OK, maybe he gives up two runs and the Astros uh, somehow, you know, escape with a, you know, 12 to 11 victory there or something like that. And instead, the guy gives up three runs. I mean, after the Puig home run, I was like, oh, gosh, do we have to really go through this? And that was a first row in the in the Crawford boxes. So that was definitely a Houston home run. And unfortunately for the Astros, you know, but it made for real drama and excitement that none of us needed. We didn't need to reach for the antacids and the Tums and the Pepto-Bismol then, but we were forced to. And I mean, Davinsky not being able to get those three outs in the ninth, that was a real downer. But then, uh, yeah, like you said, that was why. That that ninth inning was was really, uh, with Kenley Jansen coming in, you expect him to be locked down, and, and, and he, he gets the first two outs, of course. Then Brian McCann uh, gets uh, you know, hit by the pitch there. And then you have like George Springer coming up and he draws the walk. And then Brian McCann's on second base. And remember, they were even talking about during the broadcast, probably you should pinch run for Brian McCann. 
But at this point, too, he's been the catcher. He's the one who handles the pitching staff, even though the pitching staffs, as we know. But but still, he's he's a veteran catcher. He's somebody that you maybe want in the game. But instead, the Astros, we're going for it right now. We've got Bregman and, you know, Altuve's on deck. If they decide to walk Bregman and bases loaded or something happens there. So it's like A.J. Hinch said, I'm bringing in Derek Fisher. And that proved to be the difference because, I mean, Derek Fisher, yeah, he he's fast enough to get by there. But if McCann's on second base, the Astros don't score that run. So uh, that was really, to me, like, at least for the uh, bottom of the 10th, that was a key moment. RG, let me just tell you this. I I I uh <laughs> I was watching this game and, and the uh I believe it was the 8th inning and the Astros or the it was go, to going to the top of the ninth, and I I tweeted out I said, "Look, the Astros need about four insurance runs before I'll feel like this is safe." I mean, they, they were up by four, 2. You mean 10? Yeah. Well, uh, maybe I, that's probably what I should, should but I said, well, uh, well you got to have at least five because four means a grand slam can tie. So, you no, don't no, want no, a- I, I meant four more. <laughs> I meant four, oh, four, uh, four. Uh, beyond oh, the two, beyond the two that okay. they had. I was like, no, we need to be at least up by six. Yeah, I think everybody did. We were all texting the same thing. Hey, I need a six or seven run lead here with this bullpen. Oh, my go- goodness. And, and RG, I mean, you and I have watched Astros for, I don't know, forever. And after you know, going through 1980, game five, night, game six in 1986 with the Mets. I mean, it, it's, it's so nice. It is so unusually beautiful to watch the Astros for once come out on top of this kind of epic, crazy. I mean, it's, it, it, look, look, the game two, who cares about that? That was like, that's nothing now. I mean, forget that as being a, a, a <laughs> Well, huge I win. still think that's a cloud because the Astros are going down 2-0 there. I mean, and then this could have been the deciding game and with Dodgers winning last. I mean, so that still is a, a big game. It's one of the biggest early World Series games you'll ever, you know. But this one right now, yeah, I mean, it's instant classic too. I mean, two of these World Ser- Series games, your Astros have played in two of the best World Series games ever. And I mean, this this series, no matter what happens, if the I mean, at worst case, it, you know, the Astros, we don't want to even think about that. But it goes seven games and somehow the Dodgers come back and win this series. The, a seven game World Series is already a classic. But with these things, it might go down as the best World Series. Or if Justin Verlander closes it out with his storybook season, I mean, that'd be great. Or if the Astros even go to a game seven, of course, and, and they come out. I mean, whatever happens from this point on, I mean, this is one of the greatest World Series ever. Well, without question. And got to talk about Bregman, of course. I mean, we, the walk-off hit and what I heard from him afterwards or, or what I read that he said was something that makes you think, hey, that home run, it wasn't exactly meaningless against Kenley Jansen the game before in the ninth inning because Jansen threw him a curveball and he said, I knew they weren't going to, he wasn't going to throw me a curveball in this situation. And of course he didn't. He threw him one of the cutters and Bregman was ready for it. I mean, this kid is so smart and he's so courageous and he's, and he's got so much guts and the confidence just, exudes it's it's funny because i said like chris chris davinsky he walks around with what looks like courage uh or what looks like you know hubris and like confidence and everything like that but bregman it just like seeps through his soul in the end devo just looks like the guy that's about ready to break up the fight at the bar but bregman looks like the guy that He's like, no, 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 you guys get out of the way. He actually has a knockout punch at the bar. He's Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse. Yeah, he's like, get out of the way, guys. I got this one. You guys can go home. I got it. I've got it. You know, 
He's like he's the he's the Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting where he throws the. Hey, his by phone the way, number. Matt Damon, have you heard about it? He's a big fan of Jose Altuve. Well, he's got to be a big fan of Bregman because that that guy's got kind of Boston hubris written all over. He's basically the guy that you know he he gets the girl's about phone apples? number. How about them apples? Yeah, he put a little how about them apples on the Dodgers. That's for darn sure. I want to get back what you were saying, though, about Kenley Jansen and that that situation. And again, this gets back to it. Like you said, uh, Alex Bregman with that home run, it may seem meaningless the day before. But even putting Kenley Jansen in a game yesterday where he had to pitch 10 to 12 pitches and then Alex Bregman gets a home run, like you said, off the curve there. So he figured that he wouldn't throw the curve. He'd throw the cut fastball, which is, uh, you know, Kenley Jansen lives off his cut fastballs. probably the best cutter for a reliever since Mirano Rivera. But still, I mean, like you said, when you can just eliminate one pitch and wait for that one pitch, that's very important. But also his workload, you could see that Jansen, I mean, he it, he wasn't going to come out for another inning, of course. I mean, he was really struggling. He walked Springer. He hit McCann. So I he, he was kind of losing. And he's a, a very much a control pitcher. He only had seven walks during the entire regular season. And the guy, I mean, that's why he's the I think the best closer in the game and converted only had one blown save throughout the season is he's just got that pinpoint control and to have him have all these mishaps, have him on the ropes like that. And like you said, Alex Bregman, I mean, just a smart professional hitter for such a young age. And even, and we've been talking about this too, because the other thing was Brandon Morrow. He's, he's come into all these games. It finally, he just did not have anything and when he came in there, uh, you know, I mean, that was when the Astros were able to finally, you know, catch up and everything. When uh, Springer first with a home run, then Bregman had a hit, then Altuve had the double, and then Correa with a home run. All of a sudden, you know, it's a brand new ball game again. I mean, that was just going back and forth. But Brandon Moore, he'd been so difficult against the Astros. And it's just like, and, and that's why, again, when you were talking about, oh, definite advantage with the uh, Dodgers with the bullpen, well, that goes back to Friday when Dave Roberts had to use all those different relievers because he was trying to win that game and get the two to one advantage. Then even uh, yesterday, you know, using Kenley Jansen and then he wants to use Kenley Jansen for two innings because it goes into extra innings. I mean, all these things, they eventually, you know, come home to roost. And we know the Astros have a, a bad bullpen. And but the good thing, at least looking forward now, is that. You have a game six and seven. You know Verlander. You're going to hand him the ball. You're you're hopeful. I mean, hey, if he can go nine, let him go nine. I mean, there's no tomorrow. He can pitch 140 pitches. Why do you need to think, oh, we got to conserve him for the next? He's got the whole offseason. So you have game six there. And then you have game seven where you can throw Lance McCullers. You have Charlie Morton to come in relief. You have Dallas Keuchel now for relief. So, I mean, the Astros can throw their starters in there. Brad Peacock will be available for both games. And you only have to win. Your your back's not against the wall, but you would like for Justin Verlander to close it out with game six. Do you even let Ken Giles and Will Harris on the team playing at this point? Maybe I should throw Devo in there, too. He's, it's, it's, he's It was pretty bad for him as well. I mean, I... I don't know what you do with these guys because Hey, well now the hot hands is uh, Joe Musgrove. He got the hey, he got the order out in the 10th inning and just the night before he had given up the home run to Clay Bell or Co- uh, yeah, Cody Bellinger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean I I guess, I guess. Whoever has the hey, whoever gets a clean inning, you're the new closer. It's <laughs> It's pretty much like an audition. It's like, hey, you can throw a, a scoreless inning. Wow, you're our closer. That's, hey, that's- look, I tell you what, Deshaun Watson, he's got a good arm. I trust him late in games. Uh, Tuesday's a day off for the Texans. Let's 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 fly him out to L.A. for the end of that one. That's what I say. 
Yeah. If they win this, I don't even know how you do this without the without the bullpen. I don't know how you win. To, oh, I you mean, mean how they've gotten to this point? Well, because no, they had no, ex- how, how you get. Yeah. How you got to this point. I don't know. How, how, we or got how to, you win these. I just laid out for you how they can win these next two games. I mean, they have a they only have to win. It's now being three two going to Los Angeles. It's a much more advantageous. It's still going to be difficult. And look, let's give credit to these Dodgers. I mean, I, I hate that you, I know you, Houston, ah, do, do I have to, do I have to give credit to the No, Dodgers? but I mean, but these are, but it's, I think beating such a great team too will ultimately make it if the Astros can pull this off. I mean, this is a great, great Dodger team. I mean, they are loaded and, and they don't give up either. And so, but this has to be a devastating loss for them because they probably thought, you know, at certain point for with Clayton Kershaw on the mound oh, we've got this one, and we can hand it off to you know Jansen after seven innings. And then Kershaw, they break down Kershaw. And that uh, Yuli Gurriel home run was a key one, of course, that you know basically tied the game up there. So you, you have that, and then you know, you're able to uh, you know, also uh, you know, get to uh, the, the, the point there where you know, the Astros, you know, each team, the Astros and Dodgers going back and forth and stuff like that. I, I just think that it's great to have two great teams, 100-plus win teams. I mean, it's everything we ever could have expected, but you have to feel proud of the Astros because, like you said, you laid it out. In 86, they just weren't good enough, or 80, in 81, 86, you know, even 2004, 2005. It was always – even I was thinking of that Albert Pujols home run. That was like how every the crowd just quieted when – when uh, Chris Taylor had that base hit that made it 12 to 12, it was only a base hit. But after that Puig home run uh, and and that base hit, I mean, it just there was a real silence. A pall cast over the whole Minute Maid Park, and in, in that bottom of that tenth uh, inning, with like you said, Alex Bregman and just coming out there and was able to go and you know deliver that clutch uh, hit and, and drive in the winning run, and then you have a walk off. I mean, just all the emotions in one night. It just was crazy. <sighs> I'm just trying to take a deep breath here. It's <laughs> it's a lot to, to to take in. God, there's like a four million things about the game, but well, there, w- one thing I wanted to ask you about, you know, because one thing we've uh, harped on is how great the Astros' defense has been this postseason. But unfortunately, I mean, it was this game where uh, you know they basically had a bunch of defensive gaffes in the game, starting with the first inning. When uh, Marwin Gonzalez booted that ball off his foot, remember? And then you also had with uh, Yuli making that throw to Jose Altuve in the rundown. They had uh, Forsythe nailed on the base pass there, and and basically that allowed another run to score. And then George Springer, of course, going for that one ball that uh, you know he tried to make a diving shoestring catch, but because he did that, the ball rolled past him and en- enabled the run to score. So, but he came back with it. You know, credit George Springer. That was again. He comes back with a home run off of Morrow uh, to to t- uh, tie the game back up. But I mean, that was a critical run at that moment. You were thinking, wow, the Dodgers just went back ahead. That could be it. That could be the the you know difference maker there. So. We've watched this team play such good defense. What did you think about some of the defensive errors in this game? Well, with Springer, th- that one didn't bother me that much. I mean, I, I understand that, you know, maybe, you know, he should have d- d- dove for it, but I- I've only watched this guy for like four years, and that's what he does. And he, and 99.999% of the time, if he's diving, he makes the catch. And so I don't worry about it. And like you said, George you know, just immediately made up for it, knocked it out of the ballpark. I mean, just incredible moment there. 
uh, along with like 4,000 other moments. One thing, uh, you know, we, we have to acknowledge in this game, RG, when you see this many home runs in this game and game two, and we've seen this throughout the postseason, and I've, I've watched Todd Frazier's, uh, you know, uh, home runs where he, like, you know, punches it out with one hand off of his back, you know, off of the wrong foot, three feet off the plate, you know, like he's Kelly Leak and Bad News Bears. And, and then you see Carlos Correa hit the longest pop, the highest pop-up I've ever seen get over the fence. I thought it was going to hit the roof. And then all of a sudden it's, it's, it's over the fence. And then you see, uh, you know, Puig's home run where that's like way off the plate and he hits it out with one hand. To me, to say that there's not something strange going on with the baseballs, I, I think if Major League Baseball when it keeps, wants to keep going with that, the, the, you are the same guys that told us that, uh, yeah, there, we don't have a steroid problem. I mean, it's either it's either steroids or HGH has gotten back into baseball or something. Well, no, they really have this more stringent drug test now. It would it's it's basically even da- Dallas. I, I, I get, no, no, I, I get that. But it's either that I'm saying it's either that. Or more likely, you got to admit that it's the baseballs and even the players, even the players have said that. I don't know if you saw the article. Well, Dallas Keuchel also said, too, the balls are juiced. And I mean, his rep came out right blatantly. And said no, that no, no, no. But there was a story that came out actually this morning, uh, Sunday morning. I mean, well, I don't know. It's like two days ago now or whatever. I don't know. But it was uh, there's basically a story that came out. I don't know if you yeah. saw this, that. You could see by the way the the with the what they did with the balls that you could see it was just harder to grip. For one right, thing. that was a Tom Verducci article on the difference of the of the World Series balls even from the uh, regular season balls. So so guys couldn't throw the slider like they used to, right. and 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 they couldn't get a grip on the ball. Well, if you can't get a grip, you can't get the 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 same uh, drag on the ball is what I'm looking for drag. Uh, is not the yeah, same. I mean, there's definitely the control, and that's with Brad Peacock. He hadn't been able to throw his slider, which was, of course, his outpitch throughout the season. Yeah, and and if you if the drag is different when the ball flies in the air, then it then if there's not as much drag, then the ball's going to get out of the ballpark a lot quicker. So uh, there, there 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 has to be something going on with this. What you can say in the end is they're both using the same baseballs, right? But, I mean, the, the Correa home run. I, I I've, I've just. That like that one in particular, like the Todd Frazier one we talked about in the Yankees series, I've just never seen anything like that. Like it's almost impossible to believe that these balls are getting out of the ballpark. It's it's just ridiculous. I don't care if they're throwing it, you know, they're all throwing it ninety seven, ninety eight hundred miles per hour. Who cares? I mean, well, the balls are juice, but you know what? The World Series ratings are up. People don't seem to like when it was in 2013, 2014. Remember, every single week there was almost a no hitter that was out there, and baseball was having ever all these starting pitchers were uh, seeming to uh, you know go out and at, I mean you know guys that you never thought would throw no nos or perfect games were out there throwing them. So I mean, it kind of went through. And baseball's had that throughout its history. Remember the 60s? It was kind of the the dead ball era again with the, the high mound and all that. And, you know, they, and then they did things to increase runs in the game. And like you said, I mean, the, the, you're not going back to anabolic steroids, of course. I mean, that was a black mark on the game or HGH or they have more stringent drug testing. Now we see it, players get suspended. So one of the things is, you know, the balls are, are juiced and yeah, the pitchers aren't going to like that. And, but I, I mean, I, it makes the game. I mean, people, you know, I'm, I'm a purist. You're more of a purist. We like, we like the games that are three to two, two to one, one zero. But you know, there are a lot of people out there that like the uh, 
Nintendo arcade type games where it's, you know, 12 to 11, 10 to 9, you know, these these kind of back and forth, you know, slug fests and it makes because, yeah, they've hit a record number of war, uh, the Astros and Dodgers have already combined for the most home runs in a World Series ever. I guess it's fun, except for my cardiologist. I mean, I don't know what you remember know. the old commercial where they had out there that chicks dig the long ball. I mean, that was that whole thing. So, I mean, it's like baseball. It's always going to be that, you know, the home run is the. I mean, look at Aaron Judge this year. He kind of like with, you know, all his home runs and, you know, kind of captivated baseball and number one in Jersey sale. I mean, that's a lot of things attracting the young, young people. So if you want to say that baseball's juiced, I'm sure that Major League Baseball, you know, probably uh, doesn't mind the fact that there are all these runs being scored. Yeah. Well, Aaron Judge is also like six foot seven and built like some sort of Greek god or something. So, I mean, when he right. hits a home run, I sort of believe it. It's not like the Brady Anderson 50 plus home. Runs. Yeah, he's not he's not uh, skinny Luis Gonzalez hitting what 50 home runs in a season or whatever. But I, I had rather get back to the game tonight. Hey, the Astros are three at two. They're one game from a World Series title for Houston. So, I mean, this is this is just awesome. And, and having Justin Verlander, I mean, this is this is why he came to Houston. I mean, this is why he accepted the trade. Two seconds left. Big game postseason pitcher. I mean, aren't you, uh, I, again, I mean, the Astros, we've seen them. We know Houston history, too. It it might be the hard way where we go in because we don't know what to expect out of this series. I think John Smoltz summed it up well on the broadcast at the end. Hey, I thought that this would go this way or that way. I don't even know anymore. Just like show up for game six and see what happens, you know, and I feel almost the same way. I mean, this is crazy. It's just really bizarre. I mean, you would think that, okay, Justin Verlander and his postseason resume and coming out there, you know he wants to go out and just dominate and get his first World Series ring. But who knows? I mean, we just don't know. This has been a crazy series. What What is kind of your feeling on it? By the way, did you see Verlander's uh, Twitter post that right after the game? He, he, he put his, on his Twitter post and he said, here's a before and after photo of me from that game. Uh, oh my God, what a crazy game. Took 40-ish years off my life. And you see like Verlander <laughs> and, and he's got like no wrinkles. And then it, it looks like somebody made him into like the 75, 80-year-old Justin Verlander or whatever <laughs> on the side-by-side. So that, that's pretty, I mean, you got to love him. I mean, there's, there's, there's no doubt, not just the way he pitches, but yeah, you know, we talked about before what he brought to the I thought club. you would say he's got you got to love Kate Upton too. So well, he he can love Kate Upton for all of <laughs> us. But yeah, I mean, it's just uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think what else because there's like a million things in this particular game that you think about. But I I thought we might actually get to see Juan Santeno for the first time, even though I think Joe Buck at one point. Uh, a couple of games ago said, oh, all the Astros catchers that have played. And I'm like, what, what Astros catchers? It's been Brian McCann. He's like, Evan Gaddis. And so I, and he's talking about just the World Series. And I'm like, wait, are you talking about during the season? Because <laughs> there's only been one catcher that's played in the World Series in, until until this point. But uh, yeah, Derek Fisher. How about Derek Fisher actually getting the nobody will remember that but Derek Fisher was the guy that gets the game winning run no I mean we we uh, we were discussing that in the beginning remember because it's like you know I mean that was do you keep McCann in and let him in case you have to go with for additional innings and he needs to catch some more and he knows the staff well and oh see I've already forgotten that's just like everything today it's just all <laughs> well, the other thing too we together. haven't even mentioned the fact that we mentioned Clayton Kershaw but we haven't even mentioned the fact that Dallas Keuchel made the start here I mean that's how long ago it was it seemed like eons ago I mean his name's 
just come up as a possibility for game seven, but not even really talking about him, you know, having made the start. That's something that I might want to forget is, is, is Dallas Keuchel. And here's, here's a, here's a question for you. You know, I hope this scenario comes up uh, as even a possibility, but what do you do if Justin Verlander's at about 115 pitches after the eighth inning and you're like, I don't think he can go anymore. And the scores, you know, three to three to one or something like that going into the ninth inning. Do you go ahead and pitch Lance McCullers in the ninth inning because he's your game seven starter or, and you just go with Charlie Morton to start this seven with all hands on deck in game seven, because you got the chance to shut it down right there. I mean, Lance McCullers is the guy, frankly, that I would trust most in in that situation. There's nobody else on the Astros that you'd even feel close to having one out there at, at, at that point in the game. Well, I mean, I guess we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, but I mean, I, 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 for one thing, if you have Justin Verlander, I doubt if he's going and he's yeah 115 pitches, knowing that there's no tomorrow, and the the fact that he gets stronger as the game goes on, if he still has a 98, 99 mile per hour fast, but you're not gonna be able to pull that ball out of his hand because he's like, I've got three months to rest. I, I'm going in there. I'm on adrenaline now. I'm going in there. Yeah, it's more of like an extra innings thing in my opinion, but. Uh, you know, yeah, he might get pulled after eight innings. I think it also depends. Do you have a one-run lead? Do you have a two-run lead? A three-run lead? Because I, I don't, I want to be able to have, because you still, the Astros do have a game to play with here. Remember, they're not an elimination game. The Dodgers are. So you have to also, yes, you want to win, but you also know at this point, you're not trying to close out another series. Yes, you're trying to win the World Series, but you're not trying to close out another series and move on to the next series and save guys are doing anything like that. So, you really have to you really have to think about for a game seven as well. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're you're right, I mean, maybe McCullers could pitch two days in a row. Then you would have to put him in relief. I, I don't know how he is on back to back, though. That's all kind of stuff. So if you put him in for the ninth inning there, then he's not starting the next day. But I assume that he would be available if he only had like 15 pitches. He could come in and do two or three innings of relief. I, I think it's possible. Anything's possible because on a, with a game seven and it's your last game of the season and, you know, any anything can really you know that with the World Series game seven, there's no baseball for anybody after. So everybody's roster is drained. That means, you know, like Justin Verlander. Yeah. in game six, at least the Astros. That that's the good thing about being up three to two and still just needing to win one of two because they have a game to play with the Dodger, Dodgers are with their back against the wall, but they do get to come and play at home. And we saw in the ALCS how how much of home field advantage was a big thing. So you know that's uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you I, I think you have to evaluate it as the game plays on. But I mean, I think for just for just three outs, if you have Justin Verlander pitch eight innings, you ought to be able to go to at least one bullpen hand that you think can close. <laughs> okay, if it's not if it's not Chris Davinsky, if it's not Ken Giles, we know they've already been booted from the closer role, and you don't want Will Harris. You don't want Joe. But I mean, I would. I mean, Brad Brad Peacock will have had a day of rest. Come in and put him in, or put somebody in that you feel Luke. I mean, I don't want to see that necessarily, but yeah, I mean, uh, even Charlie Morton. I mean, at that point. You know, you could still have Colin McHugh as the guy backing up in a game seven. He, you know, I know he pitched uh, three, but he finally got some work in. He could come in for Lance McCullers if you need him. You could still have Dallas Keuchel come in in a game seven. You know, so, I mean, there's a lot of options for a game seven. So I think you go with whom you feel can best close it out. And for A.J. Hinch, he might feel that somebody that's been in that role and, you know, closed before and done that, you know, I mean, that yeah and and you might go with the hot hand like i said you might you might decide to go 
at, at this point with the, you know, the guy Musgrove or, you know, <laughs> you know I mean, yeah, you or, or, or go, just go with Peacock. Stop it. Stop you know. it. Stop it with all those yeah, I mean, other guys. Yeah, I mean, we don't know. I mean, this is all conjecture. Just, stop, just stop it. Stop it with all those other guys that aren't coming in the game and you – there's nobody out of the bullpen except for these these starting pitchers and Brad Peacock that you, you'd ever have any confidence in. And hell, and I'm the guy. Look, I, I seriously, if I was AJ Hinch, I might have put Justin Verlander out there in the ninth inning for this game because you oh, had a no three way. you had a no. three run lead. Look, no, you had a three run lead that if you blow that game in the ninth inning. You you're never emotionally going to come back from that game trailing three two and going back true. to L A. No no that's, that's come true. on they they were saying after the broadcast the Dodgers are going to have a hard time coming back from from it's this a, well game. of course they're going to say that and you're going to hear that over the next two days I completely disagree because you can't have a you can't do that with a look Justin Verlander has to pitch the game six you still have a game six so you you're still not backs against the wall if it was backs against the wall. And it's a game that your end of your season. Yes, I could potentially see that. Not with another game where you still could potentially win the last two, and 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 that is the most defeatist attitude that I have heard. If Verlander goes out, you win that game, and you're one game away from World Series with two games left, and you could still pitch Verlander in Game Six or Seven. He would be going on two days rest. If he pitched today, he would be going on two days rest. We're talking about seven. one inning. That's like work in for some guys. You know, he might have pitched. It might have been like nine pitches or something like but that. But we know from the data, we know from when guys have only three days rest in the postseason, especially recently, and they're not accustomed to it. It's just like putting a guy with a four or five run earn run average. Okay, in there. No. okay, you would have done it differently. I'm just telling yes. you what I would have done. Yeah, I'm just telling you what I would have done. I don't okay. care. Do it differently. You're, you, you be, you be AJ. AJ Hinch was all, all on your side. I'm just telling you. What I would have done, because I, to me, the, the emo, emotion of losing that game and then going try, and then saying, oh, we're going to go try to win two games in L.A., you know. And, and Well, but that's – but that – hey, the Cubs last year went and won two games in Cleveland. And, 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 and you know what? When you have Justin Verlander going in a game six, you still feel pretty good about your chances and you take your chances in a game seven. Fortunately for the Astros, they won this game, and now they only have to win one of two – but I wouldn't – until your backs are truly against the wall – I mean, we've seen these Astros are resilient. We saw it again for this game five. They just do not give up. They do not surrender. Neither do the Dodgers, but the Astros came out on top. And that's why I expect still two hard-fought games in game six and game seven. And I know we make a big deal about the home field, and of course that will be an advantage for the Dodgers. But it's not insurmountable. And the Dodgers came and won a big game – Four in Houston when everybody said, well, in the postseason, the Astros are undefeated at home. Well, they found a way to win. And the Astros found a way to win a game two going against the Dodgers, you know, all world bullpen coming back on something no team had done in the postseason. And they were able to break through against Kenley Jansen in a game two. So I I, I just don't as long as you can take the field and you're not eliminated and you're not done. We saw that with the 9495 Rockets, Clutch City believe it that's what championship teams do they do not give up they find a way to win they find a way to do it and the fact that you're already saying well they would have been self-defeated they would have gone to LA and they probably would have lost well yeah that's what everybody in the national media would say that's what most people would say but that's not what champions do remember Rudy Tomjanovich don't ever underestimate the heart of a champion these are your AL 
champions. These are your AL pennant winners. It's real easy to say that when they've just won the game. <laughs> no, I was saying it before. Go back and listen to last night. Go back and listen to after our game four podcast. Cause I said, and you were like, Oh, then we can talk about that. Some other time. you know, I said game six and game seven, you still have an opportunity. So it doesn't, you know, you, you, you still have a chance until your backs are against the wall, until you have three losses and that fourth loss is going to send you home. And this is still going to be tough because the Dodgers now have their backs against the wall. The Astros knew what that feeling was like uh, coming back from New York in the Bronx when the Yankees were up three to two. So it's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. It never is with Houston and championships. And you you have to like look at this. Also, though, just from the positives from it, that this team is resilient. They're showing what the real medal of champions. And that's why we love these Astros. And no matter what happens in game six and seven, I mean, I feel the Astros are still great champions. I, I'm hoping they'll be World Series champions. I'm hoping that Houston can lift up the trophy and celebrate. But boy, I mean, they've really showed themselves to be one of the you know, great baseball teams. And, and both of these teams have been sensational. And this World Series is already going down as a classic. Classic game two and a classic game five. Yeah, and 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 I think what's also going down as a classic is my as my heart after this one because it's gonna I'm gonna go into classic heart failure or something like that if this if this continues for we if we have two more games of this RG I don't think I'm gonna be able to uh, I don't think I'm gonna be able to make it. Uh, uh, I, I it's saw- never easy with the Astros, is it? Or any? I mean, it just is not. I mean, I I mean the Dodgers at least had with the game four finally when they broke through there. You know, they they closed it out. I mean, it was fairly you know after that. That Bellinger home run, right? I mean, that was pretty much like, you know, with the Astros being down six to one there. And then Bregman hits a home run, like you said, six to two. But, uh, you know, you have that, like, at least that's a breathe easy type win. I mean, yeah, with the Astros, none of these have been the game two, the game three. I mean, all these nail biters, even when the game seven, you it was four to nothing, but you kept feeling like if the Yankees got a man or two on base or it'd be a three run bomb and you'd be one run ahead. You know, I mean, it's just like nothing is easy. Nothing. Except for those two against the Red Sox. Those first two games against the Red Sox when the Astros scored all those runs early. That was about it. I guess that's what they mean when they say earn history. I guess that's what we're trying earn to history. do here. Earn it, earn it, earn it. Yeah, we're, they're earning it all right. They, there's no doubt about that. They're not backing into anything. So, yeah, that, that's for darn sure. RG, I, I'm exhausted. It's like 1.40 in the morning here. If you want to say anything else, say it, but make it brief because this boy needs – I got to at some point I got to sleep and I'm just wiped out after 10 grueling hours of this crap. Go Astros. (laughs) Astros win 13 to 12 and maybe the best World Series game of all time. That's all. That's all that happened in the last few hours. That's all that happened. We'll see you guys again. If we're going to try to keep this postgame roll going, we'll see you again real soon. Talk to you later. For more interviews, subscribe to Houston Sports Talk on iTunes, or if you're an Android user, download our free Houston Sports Talk app in the Google Play Store. We're also available on Stitcher or the TuneIn app, and our website is HoustonSportsTalk.net. Go!